Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. So depending on where you live, it is either coming into or just finishing allergy season. And I realized before I take anyone on as a client, I always have a conversation with them first to understand things. And I realized I was explaining the mechanism of what happens when you have allergies so much that I am wanted to share it with you because not too long ago I posted about it on Facebook and Instagram and it was a kind of popular post. So let's talk about natural remedies for allergies and how do you get to the root cause to help your body manage allergies better. So first of all, I actually don't have any data on this, but is it just me or does it seem like allergies are more prevalent than maybe they used to be? And maybe I'm wrong about that, but it feels like, and maybe I live in a black hole where I see this all the time, it feels like allergies are kind of rampant. So allergies are going to have a little bit of a genetic component. So if your parents had allergies, you might have a little bit more of a predisposition to allergic type diseases. Why is that? Because there are a couple of enzymes, I'm sorry, enzymes are, they work because your genes kind of make them work, right? Genes like genetic code. So you get your genes from your parents, your biological parents. You get a a set from kind of either side, sort of, kind of. So those genes encode for the enzymes to work properly. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like it pulls the trigger and then the enzyme fires, essentially. And so if you have poor genes or insufficient or suboptimal genes for DAO and HNMT, those are the two genes that really code for allergies, the enzyme that breaks down the stuff that's excessive in allergies, then maybe you're going to be at a little bit more of a disadvantage or you might be a little more likely to have allergies. But Like so many things, it's sort of a perfect storm, right? And so what's actually going on in your actual life? Because genetics are a tendency, but they're not a destiny, right? As my friend Robin says in her episode about genetics. And so why do we, let's look at the background, right? So we kind of sort of know what histamine is, right? 
because we know what antihistamines are, Zyrtec, Benadryl, etc. And so histamine is this normal thing that our body should be able to eliminate on its own. Histamine is just a neurotransmitter. That means it's a natural chemical messenger that communicates messages from your brain to your body. It impacts vasodilation, so swelling that'll cause redness and inflammatory reactions as your blood cells try to attack and find the invader. So your body produces a certain amount of it, activity changes it, um, temperature can change it, the environment can change it, which is why it's such a, it's a topic on people's minds. Foods can affect it. All these things contribute to your histamine bucket. So let's talk about things like symptoms of this aside from allergies. It can be headaches and migraines. It can be difficulty falling asleep. It can be maybe nausea, vomiting. That would be kind of extreme abdominal cramps. I just talked to someone earlier today who's experiencing some flushing. And by this time, I know that it's that it's quite a bit more significant. We see it in hives all the time, right? I work with a lot of skin issues and tissue swelling, so on the skin. So I see a lot of skin manifestations of this going on. So how do you get rid of it? So your body should be able to get rid of it on its own, but something's standing in the way, right? So you have these genes that encode these enzymes to get rid of it. But more importantly... And again, a little biased, work with a lot of gut imbalances and bacterial imbalances that cause this. When bacteria is imbalanced, enzymes don't work very well. So that means the worst shape that your gut is in, whether you have digestive symptoms or it's presenting as something else, like autoimmunity, like a headache, like fatigue, like joint pain, like sinus congestion, like throat clearing. I mean, whatever the symptom is, it doesn't necessarily present in a digestive way, but your gut, your gut, obviously bacteria control a lot of things. And so when you've got an imbalance of bacteria, those enzymes aren't going to work very well. And so that if people have bad allergies, guess what? I bet they also have bad periods, right? Bad cramps, et cetera. So that's another story for another day, but it all links together. And then how things break down and are eliminated. So whenever I'm working on I like to help people manage their allergies long term. And so we work on how to improve the body's ability for those enzymes to break down the histamines and to excrete them. But meanwhile, there are some things that you can use to help your body manage or modulate histamine a little bit better. Now, do I think that these are like long-term as dressing the root cause? Not necessarily, but they're helpers, right? So they're helpers. And so I use a couple products pretty commonly. Let's talk about the ingredients in them. And then I can give you the ingredient or the product names. And some of them are food with different compounds in them. So let's talk about it. So here's some ingredients that are known to help uh, modulate histamine or help our body manage histamines or allergy responses better. Because remember, it's more of a bucket. So quercetin, a very popular one. It's a flavonoid, a natural compound already found in elderberries, blueberries, parsley, pomegranate, and a lot of other things. It's overall anti-inflammatory, but it seems to help your body manage histamine better. I like to use it in a combo from food sources or by using homemade elderberry every day to make elderberry syrup, you know, uh, syrup is a really loose term because it's not really syrupy. You basically boil and simmer elderberries for a long time and then you can afford to take it every day because you're not probably going to find a store-bought one that's very inexpensive. Expensive. It works really synergistically with vitamin C, which is also in elderberries, right? So We can get kind of high-dose quercetin in multiple places. You can get it from fennel, 
ginger. Those are both big quercetin uh, sources, etc. Another ingredient is hesperidin, which is similar to quercetin. It's another bioflavonoid found in citruses that's found to provide allergy relief um, in doses of 100 to 600 milligrams. So the product I'm going to recommend that has hesperidin in it has 100 milligrams in two caps. And I said that the good dose is between 100 and 600. So this might mean that more people, some people are going to need a higher dose, right? Everyone's load of this or severity of it is a little bit different. There's not really a one size fits all. It's These are just sort of kind of guidelines. Another one in this product is EpiCore from Saccharomyces cerevisiae. This is one of those patented products. It's kind of hard to describe. Basically, it is kind of a fermented yeast product that some company has patented um, where it's been shown to boost immune health and keep your immune system just up. So it has also shown in studies reduction in allergy symptoms compared to a placebo at doses of 500 milligrams. All right, finally, Indian Tinospora, T-I-N-S-P-O-R-A. In one small study of um, of participants, 83% of them had complete relief from sneezing, 69% of people had a relief of sinus discharge, and 61% from stuffiness. stuffiness. These are significant numbers in literature, honestly, over the placebo group who reported the exact opposite. They didn't have any improvement. And in, in research, usually they're just using one ingredient. So just this one ingredient was doing that, which is pretty impressive. Another product, so this product that I was just talking about has pisperidin and epicor and Indian tinnospora, and it also has apples, which apple extract is known also for its antihistamine properties. It is a just obviously a fruit that's rich in antioxidants. Um, It contains quercetin and vitamin C, which helps combat mast cells and histamine from different angles. So that's also in this product. This product is called Pure Encapsulations Aller Essentials. I find that people tend to need about one to six of them. Um, So someone asked me one time, do I need to continue taking this or can I go back to my Zyrtec? And I said, it just depends on what you're goal is if you want to help your body manage histamine better on its own then keep taking this and if you just want to block it and use an antihistamine blocker then use Zyrtec right so just a quick public service announcement that I always exercise caution when ordering any supplements from Amazon because anyone can set up a shop on Amazon so you don't know if you're getting the high quality or authentic uh, the authentic product which is a problem with some brands more than others most healthcare practitioners at this point use high quality supplement dispensaries online to make things easier for their clients. You can access that from my website, kristabigler.com, or get it wherever you want. Doesn't matter to me. Another product that works for different people, so sometimes I have people order both and see which one works better for them, is Dehist from Orthomolecular. This one's kind of popular. It's got a nice dose of vitamin C with the quercetin, which we know work synergistically. It's got some stinging nettle, which stinging nettle is, is uh, in extract form, has been shown to inhibit inflammatory mediators called prostaglandins that are related to that histamine response. So it's got a really high dose of both quercetin and stinging nettle. It's got an enzyme that helps break things down. And it's got just a touch of N-acetylcysteine, very low dose of N-acetylcysteine, which is a precursor to one of the most important antioxidants in the liver. Uh, and it has been known to help with mood, immune system, and sinus drainage. But again, very, very small, just supportive amount uh, in this product. So it's a, it's a pretty darn small amount. 
Now, if your histamine bucket is really full because the environment is high and the foods that are really high in histamine are kind of like a Christmas cheese platter, it's kind of like dairy and nuts and cured meats and dried meats, etc. Dried foods, cured foods, soured foods. So basically cheese and cured meats, etc. and a few veggies, different ones and nuts, then it's going to be hard to kind of manage it, right? So if you put more in, it's hard to get it out if your body isn't digesting it for lack of a better word and eliminating it properly. So for me, the real root cause is doing that. But this is definitely helpful for helping your body overall be able to manage histamine a little bit more on its own. And that is kind of the mechanism of action for a lot of herbs. They try to help your body do things a little bit better on their own. It really depends on what you're using them for uh, as to how they work. But in this situation, it doesn't hurt to try them out. Hopefully that episode wasn't too disjointed. I know it was just a short little ditty, but I wanted to be able to get that information out to you in case it's helpful while allergy season is still in the swing. I'll see you next week on the Less Stress Life podcast. Hey, and if you haven't shared this with a friend yet, now's a good time. Go to the share button and send it over to a friend that you love or that could benefit from this episode. See you soon. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stress Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stress Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 